Well, hello and welcome back to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give you the inside scoop on life in our church. I want to introduce you to our family life pastor and host for today, Carrie Jones. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Finding Our Way. It's a Southridge member podcast. And today, I'm really delighted to have my friend Dean Newman with us on the podcast. Um, if you're part of the Welland location, you might know Dee and Perry and their girls. They're deeply invested in our Welland community. And I mean, I need to tell you that Dee is one of my all-time favorite people. I just have a ton of respect for her. And, you know, a bit of some fun facts and some context even. Dee and I go, go back quite a ways. Um, we actually first met at a leadership development camp back a million years ago in 1988. And then we reconnected um, a little while later. We were both um, married around the same time, and we were in a small group together for years. And then, you know, we've really had the privilege of raising our girls together and vacationing together and camping together for years. And um, the cool part is in 2001, uh, without even talking to each other about it, we both found our way to Southridge, um, which at that point was Fairview Low. So um, that's just a bit of a glimpse into uh, my friendship with Dee. And Dee, can you say hello to everyone listening on here today? Hello. Thanks for having me, Carrie. Awesome. Um, we're going to get into your personal story. And as I mentioned, I'm really delighted to have you on here because your story is one of tremendous hope and resiliency. And it's just a beautiful story to share um, but before we get to that, you know, in these stay-at-home days, in these uh, lockdown days, just share with us a little bit about what is sustaining you, what's bringing you joy. Um, give us a bit of a window into into that. Sure. Well, I think like a lot of people, um, uh, our family has been doing lots of walking, so we are mm -hmm. outside walking. Either all four of us uh, or two of us or even individually, we're out walking, mm -hmm. which is great. Walked all through the winter. Um, so that's been great. Um, mm -hmm. I have joined the baking bread bandwagon. And so I Amazing. have been learning how to bake bread. <laughs> and uh, the the uh, family is uh, uh, <laughs> uh, trying to... Um, uh, yeah, um, humor me, I guess, in that. So, so that's okay. Been so, fun. not like a bread maker, like from scratch. No bread maker from scratch. Bread maker. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's great. No bread maker, right from scratch. Oh, no so. bread maker. Wow. No, okay. no, nope. So, yeah, so that's Amazing. been fun and uh, had some, some failures and some wins. So, that's good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, and I've been reading. So, I probably read hmm. more than I have in a while. I think probably other people have have as well so have read some great books yeah share um, with us some of the highlights so my best fiction pick would be american dirt uh, a hmm. great read uh riveting it's based on um it, it's fiction but it's based on a true events of migrants coming up from um south america and mexico trying to cross the american border um hmm. And it's, it is, uh, yeah, it's riveting. It's, it's a great book. It has opened my eyes to um, the challenges of, 
uh, our friends in South America and in Mexico. And yeah, um, yeah. so that's been great. Um, Nonfiction picks would be um, a great book called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb. Mm -hmm. Um, She's Mm. a therapist. Um, and the other one would be Kate Bowler. So everything happens for a reason and other eyes. Lies oh, I love Kate. Book. So yeah, those have been some of my, my picks. Um, oh, and the other one that I've wanted to read for a very long time is a classic huh. Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. So that was a neat oh, book Oh, that's too. a great assortment of books. Uh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So that's been fun to dive into some books. Very cool. And I, I know when I was talking to you, um, not too long ago, you were talking about a, a really fun app as well that I think your girls got you onto. Oh yeah. Um, tell us about that. Yeah. So this is called one second a day. And so hmm. this is, uh, you record your life basically in one second, um, slots each day. So every day for one second, I'll take a picture or a one second video of something. And I started doing this in January and it has, uh, it, it causes you to stop and notice the good, right? And so mm-hmm. either it's a, a, a flower or it's a picture of my dog or it's um, something that I baked that failed that day or um, <laughs> it, so, yeah, and it just kind of records your life. And because in COVID, one day looks like the next, like the next, like the next. And so yeah. it got me, it got me to look for um, good things and, and practice gratitude for the really small things. And so that's, that's been a really, um, great addition to my kind of daily routine. So that's been fun too. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. Well, you know, when I was introducing you, we started to get into it a little bit, but it would be great if you could just share with those listening, um, a bit about yourself, about, you know, your, your family, your education, your background, just a bit of, context um before we we dive into a little bit more specific details of the past four and a half years yeah sure um so i've been married for 24 years to perry uh we live in fenwick we've lived here most of our lives um as a couple um we have two girls um 17 and 19 so one finishing grade 11 and one finishing second year at brock um like you said, we have attended Southridge since 2001 um, and are part of the Welland location now. I went to school hmm. for social work. So back in 1996, I graduated um, with a master's degree in clinical counseling, um, spent 20 years of my career in um, a large social service agency, um, uh-huh. holding a variety of positions, um, frontline supervisor, manager, and uh, most recently as a director. Um, and so that was my kind of uh, career tra- trajectory. And hmm. an important part of, of my story is is my Enneagram number. And so for the Enneagram yes. enthusiasts out there, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I am a three. Uh, hmm. And so a three is an achiever. So I get my value and my worth from what I do and what I achieve. Mm. Um, uh, I've kind of always been a high achiever. My work-life balance probably has not been uh, good for the majority of my life because because of that, because I really am defined by um, Mm. uh, my job. So when threes are at their best, um, they Mm -hmm. are authentic and charitable and confident and goal oriented. 
um, and encouraging of others and diplomatic. When they're at their worst, they are workaholics and they're very image conscious and they can be deceptive and jealous, closed about feelings and really concerned about what other people think of them. Ouch. Mm. Wow. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I'm a, I'm a three and um, wow. it, it will get, it, it will kind of get woven into the story there. Well, do you know I'm an Enneagram enthusiast and as are many people at Southridge. So I love the fact that you have, have brought that up. And um, I mean, the, the shadow sides of your number feel the hardest to you, I'm sure, but all of us have, you know, mm. the, the strengths and the shadow, um, you know, what is it? Ian Cron yeah. says the best parts of you are also the worst parts of you. Yeah. Your so, is your weakness. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's, that's great. And then take us back, um, I guess about four and a half years ago when really your whole world changed and yeah. walk us through that. Yeah. So, uh, in the spring of 2015, um, out of nowhere, I got pneumonia, um, and struggled with recovering from that for quite some time. Um, I tried to do a, uh, the DSBN road race with my girls at the time who were mm -hmm. 11 and 14 failed miserably. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't hardly complete it. Uh, they whipped my pants. Um, and that was not typical because I had been uh, yeah. um, uh, a runner. I mean, amateur very much, fair weather runner, right? When the spring hits, I like to get out. Um, sure. And so I um, struggled for months, um, didn't feel well, um, continued to work. I felt kind of indispensable. I felt like I, I loved my job and that was really important to me. Um, I, at Christmas time in 2015, I had a week vacation and I crashed. I was in bed the whole time, hmm. um, very oh ill, losing weight. Perry came up to me. I distinctly remember this memory and said, I think there's something really wrong with you. So hmm. I booked a doctor's appointment the first week of January and had an x-ray and lo and behold, they found um, a significant blockage um, between my left bronchus and my left lung. Um, so that quickly um, turned into CT scans, biopsies, um, PET scans, um, pulmonary tests, the whole bit. And I was diagnosed wow. with a rare form of lung cancer. Um, and a tumor had been blocking off 98% of my left lung. And my mm -hmm. left lung was completely diseased. So wow. I had my left lung removed. Um, in March of 2016. You say that so nonchalantly now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's been yeah, it's been five years, right? I just passed sure. my five year mark, and so sure. Um, okay. Yeah, left so, lung is, is removed. Yeah, yeah, left lung was removed. Um, mm -hmm. it was very painful procedure, very painful recovery, um, mm -hmm. but was recovering fine. And then four months after the fact, um, I started fainting. So yeah. I would be in my kitchen and I would uh, faint. I was in the car with Kira, my oldest, and I almost passed out. Um, there were mm -hmm. a number of scary instances which landed me in the hospital for a significant stay to try and figure out what was going on. Um, mm -hmm. Had every test under the sun. 
um, mm-hmm. everything you can imagine uh, I had done over 16 days uh, with no um, outcome other than they did a scan of my brain looking for cancer and they found a brain aneurysm completely by accident. Wow. So that that um, sent me off to another hospital um, and uh, that kind of is a, kind of another part of the story but essentially what happened yeah. was um, a year later that aneurysm had more than doubled in size and I had a fairly immediate surgery to have a stent put in my brain. Um, so the fainting continued, the illness continued. I saw eight different specialists over the course of eight months. Um, you name it, I saw them. Um, cardiology, endocrinology, uh, uh, movement disorder, neurologist, um, you name it, I saw them. <laughs> Finally got to an electrophysiologist and was diagnosed with uh, another rare um, illness called dysautonomia. Um, and my specific kind is called POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, where basically mm. my autonomic nervous system is broken. So anything that controls your body automatically, like your bread, blood pressure, your heart rate, mm-hmm. your breathing, your body temperature regulation, that system is broken in me and mm. um, doesn't function as other people's would. And so, so after I was diagnosed with that, um, I started medication trials to try and find, as there's no cure for this, there's no fix for this. It's sure. you have to live with this and learn how to manage it. And so I would try different medications. I started uh, physiotherapy. I started cardiac rehab um, to mm-hmm. try and build my my muscle and my strength back up again. Um, mm-hmm. And then. Um, during that time, I, I also had uh, my uterus removed because they also found a large uh, um, mass on the outside of my uterus. So I had that out at the same time. As if there um, wasn't enough. Yeah. Oh, uh, one more thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that's that's kind of how things unfolded over mm-hmm. um, the last um, four years. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot in, in four and a half years. And how did all of that impact, you know, your world? I think about your faith, your family, your career. Talk about the impact that, that all of that, you know, piece by piece. And then of course, uh, layered upon uh, one another. How, how did that impact your world? Yeah. um, So my faith it did and it didn't. Um, okay. It did in terms of, you know, when you're when you go through medical stuff and you you hear the cancer word and you hear you have a brain aneurysm that could rupture and you hear all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. As much as you're surrounded by friends and family and you're supported by the church, and yeah. You feel like you've got a real good community. You really do go through that alone. You really do, and so, mm-hmm. um, so it it did affect my faith in terms of I felt an incredible amount of peace throughout mm-hmm. the process. So uh, whether it was you know laying in an MRI machine or having a lumbar puncture or pulmonary function mm-hmm. test or biopsies. 
throughout it all, I had a deep sense of peace that Mm -hmm. I think I only had because God was very near. (laughs) So, so it, 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 it provides, uh, uh, an opportunity to, to feel the presence of God very, very closely. So it did Mm -hmm. impact my faith in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. Um, but when I say it didn't, um, I, I am really fortunate and blessed that I grew up in a family, a Christian family who, Mm -hmm. who spoke about life isn't fair. And that had kind of grounded me, you know, they would speak about God doesn't cause suffering. Um, but he's with you in suffering. Suffering is to, Mm -hmm. is to be to be a human right if you're a human being you're going to have suffering it's right. it's how or how will you cope through it and how will god help you cope through it and so mm-hmm. that provided a real foundation for me and i would say perry and even our girls um mm-hmm. that that di- this didn't rock our world because we we yeah. expect life isn't fair and crap is going to happen and yeah and so it didn't we didn't uh disintegrate because of this it was this Mm -hmm. is kind of where the rubber meets the road right where Mm -hmm. um yeah stuff is going to happen um but you know god carries us and that's that's Mm -hmm. hopeful so so that's what i mean by my you know it did impact my faith and it didn't totally hey and can you share i know you've shared with me a verse that's in a prominent place in your house and how that's also been you know yeah quite quite grounding as well talk about that yeah so we i have this little little tiny frame in our family room that says it's a paraphrase of daniel 3 17 and 18. so Hmm. daniel 3 17 18 is basically but even if he doesn't uh, even if we die in the flames god is still good and we will worship him alone so these Hmm. guys are are about to be thrown into the flames right and yeah and so they're saying even even if we die in the flames god is still good and so this paraphrase is just even if not he is still good mm. so that wow. that has been very um i've foundational i think for us that even if doesn't this doesn't turn out well uh mm. god is still good wow that's beautiful Okay, talk about, um, not quite sure how to recover and transition from that, but talk about the impact um, on your family, on your career. Yeah. Right. So impact on our family, like, you know, families in COVID, uh, Mm -hmm. we came to an immediate stop. Um, Our our family was frantic. So I I will say we were running. uh, nonstop. I worked more than full time. My job was 24 hours a day. Um, Perry is a teacher. He was working way more than full time. Um, our kids were involved in all kinds of stuff. Our family came to a complete stop um, hmm. and slowed down, which was a huge gift. Um, hmm. I I also see now that um, my girls have developed. Our girls have developed um a, a quiet strength through this um mm-hmm. and caregiving skills like they are more compassionate and they're more empathetic um and 
there, I mean, I always remember this. Maddie was 11 and I, I came home from the hospital after I had my lung out. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't, it it hurt to get out of bed. And so I was kind of raised up. Um, Mm -hmm. and everyone else was afraid to touch me because it hurt. And she was in there like, I got you, mom. (laughs) And she was, she was getting me out of bed. And, um, that is, that is a really, that's a really neat thing. And I just think they have developed, um, a quiet strength from this. Um, and I'm, yeah, I, I am thankful for that. I can definitely attest to that. That's true. Oh, in terms of my career, um, huge change. Uh, I was determined to go back to work uh, four months after the surgery. Um, it, it, like I'm a three, it defined me. It's who I was. Um, I felt lost without that. Um, who am I? <laughs> What's my identity? <laughs> but by 2018, POTS had taken over and it was very clear I will not ever be able to do what I did. Um, uh, physically, um, cognitively, I'm not able to. Um, and so I started a process of what now? Um, and a big part of that was um, grieving who I thought I was going to be and where I thought I was going to be and what I thought I was going to be doing um, and letting go of that enough mm. so I could actually think about what could I do? I needed mm-hmm. to stop thinking about what can't I do, and I needed to start thinking about what can I do. Right. Wow, that's that's massive. Um, and, and so, talk about what you're doing today. Yeah. So uh, today, I'm I'm doing therapy. I'm a th- part-time therapist, um, mm-hmm. and it it feels like it's a culmination of all kinds of things. My personal mm-hmm. experiences. Uh, my education, um, my heart, um, it's, it is, it is absolutely orchestrated by God. I have no doubt. Mm -hmm. Um, cause it's just, it's bringing together all kinds of things, um, that I, I would have never, um, done or considered or even thought I had the capacity to do that. So, yeah, so that's where I am today. Oh, that's very cool. And um, I guess share with us some of the lessons over the past four years. I mean, you've definitely touched on it, um, but yeah, maybe maybe say more about some of those big and maybe not so big lessons. I think I think the biggest thing that I have learned, and this really is in hindsight. Um, mm-hmm. I, I kept a journal throughout this whole process. Mm-hmm. And, um, and looking back over the journal, you're able to kind of pick things out and piece things together. And hindsight really is, you do have a lot of clarity when you kind of look back. So Mm -hmm. I I think the biggest thing that I have learned is about resiliency. And Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of a definition, right? Resiliency is, we throw that word around a lot, but it basically just means the ability to kind of bounce back after adversity, the ability Mm -hmm. to kind of, um, um, return to a sense of, um, homeostasis right after kind of chaos. Um, and, uh, I, I, I think I've learned that 
um, it, it's not something you're born with. Um, mm. It you, you you either don't have it or you have it, right? It, it's something you develop, and it's like a muscle you got to exercise. And yeah. um, I think looking back, I'm able to pinpoint some things that I I did. I wasn't even conscious of it. I don't think at the time that took mm. steps towards building my resiliency, so mm. that when the bad news comes, I don't disintegrate. It's yeah. okay. Here we mm. go. Take a deep breath. Let, get on with it. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, to pull from another great book that I read, Michelle Obama's book, um, mm. she she said, "Grief and resiliency go together." Um, mm. And I think that's absolutely true. For me, I had to go through a process of uh, grieving what I can no longer do and the things that I can't sure. do and the things that I won't be able to do to, um, um, okay, what what comes next? Um, right. uh, and, and so for, for me, first and foremost, first and foremost, it was, I got to find meaning in all of this, right? So, so I saw a counselor to help me sort out what the heck is this about, (laughs) right? I, I have never, I've never smoked in my life. I've, I have exercised. I've looked after myself. I have no family history Mm. of cancer. I, I eat well, like, (laughs) so I needed to see someone to help me sort out and make sense of what has just happened here. And, um, and yeah, put meaning to it. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, space to sort through the suffering and, and kind of come out on the other side with it. So that was, that was huge for me. Um, wow. the other thing was, and this came from counseling is just learning how to practice self-compassion. So oh, when you have goodness. a chronic, yes. yeah, when you have a chronic illness, um, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it, it's, uh, it's 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 kind of a daily battle and if Mm. if i wake up and i don't feel well today i need to not beat myself up about that um Mm. it's not within my control so um so learning learning to practice self-compassion and being easy with myself and forgiving with myself um Mm. and when i don't feel well i have permission to say i can i need to cancel and not Mm beat myself up and, and, uh, feel guilty about that. So that was, that was huge. Um, um, and the other thing I did, again, this is even not even, I wasn't even conscious what I was doing, but I started volunteering. So Hmm. I needed to get out of my house, out of my bedroom, Hmm. out of this, this space that I lived in and start getting my confidence back. And so Hmm. when you're sick, your confidence is kind of shattered. Um, It's kind of, it's humiliating, right? The being ill. And so your Hmm. confidence is really kind of decimated. So by volunteering, I, I developed my confidence. I developed, uh, I I learned what can I do physically and cognitively and what can't I do? What is just too much, Um, what I'm capable of. And so it let the volunteering at a couple of places, let me play with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, while feeling like I'm making a difference at the same time. So you got to, you have to get your eyes off yourself. That was right. an important piece for me. Get my eyes off myself, stop thinking about me and start thinking about, 
other people and other things that I can do with my um, time and my talents and my gifts. Um, those are some amazing lessons. <laughs> yeah, those are amazing. Were you going to say more about that? Um, no, no. Like, I, I mean, it, yeah, no. I think, I mean, learning, I learning like how to practice gratitude um, mm. and mm. focusing on giving your attention to what, what matters as opposed to, to, hmm. to giving your attention to things that don't is, was an important piece that I had to learn too. Um, mm -hmm. all, all of these things I think are, are helpful and have been translatable for, through the pandemic for us. Yeah. Um, cause we're like, we're collectively going through, uh, a, a, an exercise in resilience, whether we know it or sure. not. Um, sure. and, uh, you know, I think everyone hopes at the other side of this, we're going to be better and stronger. Um, mm -hmm. And, but, but I think it, it's important to be intentional about it as well. Um, mm -hmm. To, to really mm -hmm. go after, are we, how really are we going to be better and different after right. this? Yeah, I, lo I love the question that you keep referring to. Um, when you tie in with the grief of, of letting go of what was, but then asking yourself, but what can I do? What does this make possible? Mm -hmm. What, um, you know, what does the next season or the next stage look like? Um, how can I serve others? How can I be compassionate to myself? Um, all of, all of which definitely ties into the, the place that we find ourselves in. Um, yeah. Are there any other gifts that maybe, maybe you haven't mentioned um, that you would want to share about your journey? Oh man, there have been so many, so many. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, my my current career, my current job that I do, is is a gift. I love what I do. Mm -hmm. I'm energized by it, but it doesn't define me as much. That will always be a struggle. It, it will. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my identity. It's it's that's going to be a struggle. But but so that that's huge. Um, the mm -hmm. gift in being able to be home with my girls when they were teenagers was huge because that would have never happened and right. they needed me more as teenagers they needed us more as parents as as teenagers than they did i feel mm -hmm. when they were younger and mm -hmm. so that's been a huge gift just to be present um our family's sure. in a better place they our family mm -hmm. is more balanced our, our marriage is better um mm -hmm. we are not we are we have margins now right we have space yeah um, and so that's better. Um, I, I mean, I was able, it created space to do things that I wouldn't normally have done, like connections mm -hmm. with neighbors and, mm -hmm. um, caring for my elderly mom, um, mm -hmm. who, who needs me as the years, years go on. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so many gifts, like, yeah, I can't wow. even, Beautiful. can't even number them. Beautiful. And how's your health today? Today, uh, I I am feeling fairly well. POTS is my living with one lung. Um, hmm. You you have a fairly normal life. Stairs mm -hmm. are a struggle. I'm out of breath. Um, I'm always the last one when I go for a bike ride. Um, <laughs> I am slower. Um, walking up a hill is hard. I won't be climbing any mountains. Um, <laughs> But it's, it's the pots 
that is the is the daily battle. Um, mm-hmm. It's the figuring out um, what is my energy level. What can I do today? Um, am I well enough? Um, but learning learning balance and uh, and um, kind of figuring out it's it's a lot of trial and error. Figuring out mm-hmm. what is the best um, cocktail of medication and exercise and rest. Um, to to manage my symptoms so I'm learning that for sure it's a learning curve Mm -hmm. that's cool that's a good update well I mean I I I've gotten a a real front row seat to your journey over the past um, four and a half years and it has most certainly been a journey of resiliency um, of getting back up of being others oriented um, and really viewing your life differently and viewing it with so much clarity. And I love how you tied it into the the pandemic that we're all going through right now. And even just living in these stay at home um, orders that we're in. And so I guess just any final encouragement you'd have to all of us as we're all learning resiliency, because this is a new skill for many of us, even though we've been at this now for quite some time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, so much, so much depends on your, your attitude and your outlook. It changes everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, practicing gratitude really does like we have the capacity to, to change how we think. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, that's a whole other conversation about, uh, oh, about neuroplasticity. That. Right. And, yes. um, we, we, and if we, we need to, focus and give more weight to the good than the bad and we're wired Mm -hmm. to give focus to the bad that's Mm -hmm. how we're wired but we need Mm -hmm. we have the capacity to to um change how we think and be more um intentional about um looking for the good and Mm -hmm. and bringing in the good and Mm -hmm. that that does build resiliency over time because that becomes um it it becomes permanent yeah oh i love that it it reminds me of i heard richard Bohr talk one time on a podcast about how if we savor something like a a real something that we're grateful for just something beautiful something that delights us if we savor it for 10 seconds it actually changes the pathways in our brain um Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and and changes our outlook and we, we then remember that, um, muscle memory. So that's a great place to land. Well, yeah. Yeah. Dee, thanks again for, for being on here, for sharing your story. Um, you know, just for your vulnerability, for your courage, for allowing us to enter in and for really being inspired by your journey, your heart, your hope. Um, it's just been really great to have this conversation with you. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone. Of course, yeah. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us today. We will see you next time as we continue to find our way together. Take care, everyone. 